Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode two of the Film Basic Podcast brought to you by Clap and Load Studios. My name is John. As always, I am your host. And today we'll be talking about something that it kind of was pretty big news before Christmas. It's kind of not so big now. Uh, it's been a few weeks to kind of get, have it get lost and all the other crazy news. But basically, I'll play a clip. That's what we're talking about today. I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. So uh, let's get into it, shall we? All right, everybody, I hope you've had a wonderful last two weeks and a great start to your January of 2021. Um, So what you just heard there before the intro, that, of course, is uh, an audio clip that was released by Crew on the new Mission Impossible film. Uh, And that particular voice you're hearing shouting is Tom Cruise. Now, there was a lot of controversy when this came out initially because there's no context there, for example, and people... They just hear Tom Cruise shouting and they get very, very up in arms about what, uh, you know, how awful of a man he is and how he's abusing his crew or whatever else. But there's more going on here than you might think. Um, So today I want to have a talk about that clip, first of all, and my take on that clip. But also what I think or how I think a producer should behave on set, particularly, you know, if you're not Tom Cruise and you haven't got the things going on that he has going on that I'll talk about in a second. Um how you should treat your crew because as i said in the last episode filmmaking is a team effort and you can't make a a decent film by yourself because you can't be in more than one place at a time it's just impossible so it's really important when you're making films to make sure people like you and even if you don't like somebody back you don't break your professional uh appearance on set you know if you're the producer you don't go off behind the person's back and start talking about them to the lead actor or to the, the cinematographer or whatever. You don't do that. You you keep your chin up, you go you go through it, and then, you know, whatever gets done, gets done. And if they have to be replaced or whatever else, then that happens, you know, in a hushed way. You don't make a big deal out of it. Actually, as a little anecdote, there was um, a story. When I was in, in, in college doing film, we had a producer called Farah who came in to do a week of guest lecturing with us. And she told us this story that she was on a set, and she's a producer herself, and she was on a set um, where there were a lot of extras on the one set, and they were walking back and forth and doing this kind of stuff. And if I remember rightly, I think a, an extra tripped over a wire or something on set, or they were in some place they shouldn't have been on. I don't remember the exact conditions of the situation, but basically an extra did something that they shouldn't have done, or in the AD's eyes they shouldn't have done, and the AD, the first AD, just went off with them. They they were shouting their heads off at this extra. And of course, this extra is just a person. They're not a trained professional. They're not an actor. They're just an extra who was brought in for the, the scene, pretty much. Um, and, you know, the rest of the crew is all standing there just watching this AD shout at this person. And they don't, you know, you can't talk to the AD because the AD is going to start shouting at you then to make everything worse. So they all just stand. They let the AD stop. But then guess what? next day and from that fort- that moment onwards that AD did not come back on set they finished the day out they left set that AD was fired and replaced the next day so don't be that AD okay don't be that person so let's that's enough of that let's get into the the topic at hand today which is the producer stuff and particularly this clip of Tom Cruise you have to understand in this context that Tom Cruise is lead actor he does his own stunts 
and he's also the, the producer on the project. Now, for those of you who don't know, generally, if something goes wrong on set, right, it's the producer or the first AD's responsibility. Um, usually, if the producer isn't on set, it'll be the first AD's job. So the first AD, particularly, and the producer, they are responsible for everything that happens on set. And usually, as I said, if the producer isn't there themselves, the first AD is their kind of their right-hand man or right-hand woman on set that takes the responsibility of anything that happens on set in place of the producer. And Tom Cruise has been at this career for a damn long time, for a very long time. And yeah, you can argue in whatever way you want that he's a bit of a weird guy, he's a Scientologist, whatever that means to you. He's a bit kind of quirky in, in himself. But that kind of comes with the territory when you've been in the limelight for such a long period of time. Um, and in this instance, I... I'm more inclined to side with Tom Cruise than against Tom Cruise. I don't agree with him shouting at his crew like that for such an extended period of time and using the language he does. I don't agree with that. But I can see why. Because we all we see is that one clip. But that may have been, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. That may have been the seventh instance of that or the tenth instance of something like that happening that day or that week or whatever. We don't know the context of the situation. And as he says in the clip... You know, he's on the phone to producers, to production companies, to insurance agencies, whatever, to all these people who are all watching him and this production to see if they can continue to shoot their production. So pretty much the entirety of the film industry, at least the Hollywood film industry, the, the high budget film industry, is watching Tom Cruise and watching this film production to see how they do it as kind of a, a, a case study for if they can do it themselves. Because this year, like 2020 and 2021 and possibly even next year, they have been such difficult years for all creative areas, particularly uh, creative areas. Obviously, restaurants and uh, bars and all this kind of stuff, they've all had problems as well, but particularly creative industries uh, like film, like art, like music, they have been hit really, really hard. And obviously, I'm kind of biased because I'm in a creative industry, but they're, they've been hit really, really hard by all these restrictions and all these changes to how we have to do things. You know, for instance, in a sci-fi film that uh, Clap and Load Studios is producing um, there's a section in the script where we want to have these two characters face to face and when I brought it to my AD she said yeah, okay but we can't have those two people that close together because they're not and that's not COVID safe so if Tom Cruise has other projects in the work other than just Mission Impossible he needs to make sure that this production goes as smoothly as possible to make sure that the next productions can eat, can happen you know, just at all, not even just happen well or happen smoothly, but just so they can actually happen in the first place. Um, so he's under an immense amount of stress. Uh, and also, you know, if something goes wrong and there's a COVID outbreak and the thing gets shut down, he's the producer of the project. His company is the producer of the project. So that means that he is liable or his company is liable for whatever happens. So that's really, really stressful. And not to mention the, the days these people are doing these are really, really long, very intense days. These aren't just you show up for four hours on set and then you go home, whatever else. These are like, you know, really late night shoots. These are maybe potentially all night shoots. These are really, really long 12-hour days. They are not easy days to do and they're consecutive. They're one after the other after the other. While I, to summarize, while I don't agree with him shouting at his crew and him, you know, taking such an extended period and using the language he does to, to shout at his crew... I can definitely see where that's come from and why he might be having that reaction. Again, 
us from the outside, we don't see the context. We don't see how many times he's had to say this nicely or whatever. We just see, oh, Tom Cruise blew up on set and everyone's thinking he's a crazy man. So I think you have to be very careful about how you judge things uh, before you actually make a judgment and try and consider the person's uh, own involvement in the project and kind of what they're, they're, they risk to lose if something goes wrong. Think about all the kind of the steps in between to figure out, is this person justified in what they're saying? Or is this, you know, just a Hollywood actor throwing a hissy fit and going mad? So that's all I'll say on that. Now I want to have a bit of a discussion about how, you know, producers like you and me and people at our level, how we should behave on set to make sure things go smoothly. So this is a very general kind of statement, but I feel like the places where you find egos the most is at the low end and the really high end. I feel like the middle end, of course, there are exceptions to this as always, but the middle end isn't quite as uh, full of people with destructive egos as the low and high end are. Because the low end, they want to prove that they are actually as good or they're good enough to do this and that and the other. And the high end, they know they're good enough. And they know that, you know, if they're an actor or if they're a, a star cinematographer or if they're, a, you know, world-class director, they know you're not gonna, just going to replace them. You know, you can't, if you have you know tom hooper or say if you have you know a camera operator like sam hargrave you're not just going to replace them because they are like the only they're the best at what they do at the low end and kind of the indie indie level where i am and where most of you probably are at the same time there is an approach that people have where they try and they think that by kind of flexing their muscles on set people will respect them more and you know they, they, you talk to actors, you, you talk to ACs or whoever it might be, and they all think that them saying, oh, I was on this film last week and, you know, it was so badly done or I saw so many problems. They think that them saying that will make you think that they know what they're on about. When in reality, when somebody uses or something like that and they try and put someone else down to try and elevate themselves, that is the least attractive part of that person's character. The, the person who says that kind of stuff is probably the person you're going to enjoy working with least on set. And there's people that I've worked with that they take any opportunity they can to point out to me how many films they've been on or how many things they've shot or how much they got paid for the last gig. And I really don't care. The people that I hire again and again are the people that just come to set. They're excited to be on the project that they're on. They are genuinely interested and that they are pleasant to work with because... You're, if you're on a feature film, for example, you could be working with these people for months and months, day in, day out. And they can't be divas. They can't be people that are going to be at your throat or at somebody else's throat the entire time. That's going to be exhausting and it's not going to make a good end film. So how do producers handle this kind of stuff on set? I feel like this goes for anybody on set, but particularly for producers. You have to always maintain a professional um disposition a professional persona on set okay um and if somebody is you know trying to get you to gossip or trying to get something out of you that you don't you know you shouldn't say then don't say it don't kind of just say oh i'll, I'll go along with them because i want to try and fit in or whatever you you do you and you let them if they're trying to be destructive or they're trying to bring somebody else down you don't get involved and if there is somebody who's not playing ball you cut them you find somebody else. Because at this level, you know, we're not working with Roger Deakins. I know I've mentioned him twice now in two, in two podcasts. We're not working with directors like Tom Hooper or like whoever, you know, or like the Russo brothers. We're not working with really irreplaceable people like that. 
these people are people that have a very unique voice and a very defined voice in film. Um, you know, people say, oh, Wes Anderson, they, they immediately know his directing style. They say David Fincher, whatever. These people are people that you hire because you know that they have a very strong voice and a very uh, identifiable voice. There really is nobody who is that irreplaceable at our level. So after the auditions for Nevermore, there was a, you know, we sent out our emails for our callbacks um, and we sent it out to everybody to say, you know, I'm sorry, you didn't get chosen or you did get chosen, whatever. Because one of the things I hear from actors all the time is that they hate when a production company or a director or somebody else who casts them um, just doesn't email them back. So I always make a point to make sure that everybody that auditions gets an email back, whether or not they got the part or got the callback. And this kind of shows you what I mean. And in general, this is exactly how it goes because I sent out an email with uh, you know, worded saying, you know, we appreciate everyone who came on. You did all the great jobs. You know, we only have so many parts, whatever else. So we would look forward to you auditioning for us again in the future, but you did not get this part this time around. 95% of the emails I got back from that email were... You know, thanks so much for letting me know. Very nice of you to, to get back to us. You know, appreciate the, the heads up. Thanks a lot. Look forward to hearing from you in the future. That was 95% of the, of the responses. And there was this one person that sticks out in my mind that he sent an email. I won't say who he is, but he sent an email. And he said his response to the situation was, um, you know, you really shouldn't title an email this because I didn't get the part. Uh, don't bother emailing me. Don't care. And also, I'm a professional actor, so maybe give everyone more than, more than the time you gave them we were on on zoom we were doing auditions over zoom we had two days to do auditions and we had 230 auditions to do that is a lot of time myself and jay the writer we were on zoom for nine hours straight i think it was for the two days so nine hours each day doing auditions and it's really hard to get an impression of somebody over zoom when they're sitting in their room or they're sitting wherever and they're just acting from here up they're not doing a, a big presentation as they would in a regular audition room um, so we gave everybody a five minute time slot and we said everybody can audition for one part if you want to audition for two we'll send you both roles and because you only have, have so much time each we'll give everybody the two roles and we will choose one for you to read on the day because we don't have time for people to be reading for two roles and you know if we think you're better for one role we'll ask you to read for that one role okay so we did this and we brought everybody in and we talked to them for about a minute or so and then we'd say okay I think you're better for this role so we'll ask you to read for this role and what that tells me is that you have done the research for both roles if you want to be in for both roles you have to do the work for both roles you can't just say I want to go for this role that role that role and that role and only prepare one of the roles if you are taking it upon yourself to go for more than one role you should prepare every role equally uh, because you might think oh I might be great for this character but in reality myself and the writer and people who are making the project know that you're not going to fit that character because of your look or because of your height or whatever it might happen to be or because of your mannerism or whatever but we know that you might fit this character better so basically this this guy who emailed me back said that you know um he was a professional actor and that's where i i knew the immediate red flags like everywhere went off somebody who says they're professional is usually not professional because usually they're saying it in defense of themselves and it's like that quote from um, Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. He said, Any man who must say, I am the king, is no true king. That kind of stands true to the situation here, where if somebody says to you, well, I'm a professional filmmaker, I'm a professional actor, I'm a professional whatever, 
that person is most likely not a professional actor because if they have to tell you that they're professional, they have not shown you that they're professional. So basically this guy was sending an email harassing myself and the production crew because of how he thought we should do our jobs. That is not his call to make. As an actor, his job is to read the parts that we gave him, develop the cast and the, the character in his view, perform the character, and then if we tell him we want to work with him, then he worked with us. It is not anyone's job on set to tell anyone else how to do their job, okay? I've been on films doing sound where I was getting paid and I knew that this film, you know, the guy on the camera did not know what he was doing. He was shooting angles that would not work. They would not cut together right because he was breaking all kinds of rules. It was underexposed, it was all this kind of stuff. But I said nothing because it's not my job as a sound recordist to tell the DOP how to do his job or her job. That's not my area. So if you are on set or if you're doing an audition or whatever it is, you do not tell somebody else how to do their job because that immediately gets you put on a blacklist. That that guy who auditioned for us told us that we will by principle not try and cast him again. So if you tell somebody else how to do their job like that, we immediately put you on a blacklist. We have a very small blacklist at Clap and Load. We don't have many people that we just won't work with again. But this guy who emailed us saying what he said and basically telling us how to do our job we are not going to work with him again he didn't even get a part he didn't get to our callbacks because he didn't do what we considered his job was to do and we are not going to hire him again because immediately as soon as he disagreed with something we said he flared up and told us how to do our jobs basically to wrap up a producer on set needs to make sure that people they bring on set can do the job that they're doing and if somebody is not doing their job consistently or seems to be incapable of doing their job they are gone because you don't have time or money usually in the case to say okay we'll deal with it and whatever and then end up with a film where you say okay well that person you know that actor didn't do their job or that cinematographer didn't know what he was doing or that gaffer didn't know how to light a scene properly so you can't just say, oh, it's fine, we'll get on with it, because that's how your film gets ruined, or your writer or your director's film gets ruined, because if somebody doesn't know how to do their job, they shouldn't be there. And again, this goes back to the kind of hobbyist versus professional thing, but if you are trying to make a product that you want to send to festivals, you want to actually launch a career with, you cannot let somebody on the crew ruin it. All right, guys, that's it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this is all just my opinion as well. So if you have a different opinion or you disagree on something, let us know. Hit us up on social media at Film Basic or in the comments of our YouTube video at Film Basic. And let's have a discussion because I think the more people that actually try and take part in this discussion, this kind of back and forth, the better the film industry will be for all of us as a whole. And that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. Um, so do let, us, do let us know if you disagree um, and we'll have a discussion about us. That's it for the podcast this week. Hope you enjoyed. And we'll see you in two weeks with another episode. See you later.